Now we will read this morning's scripture, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And you know what? I didn't note down what page that is in, the, in our Bible. So hope I'll give people half a second to find Mark chapter 10, verse 46. I'm reading it from the iPad. So Mark chapter 10. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, Jesus, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Welcome to Regeneration for any of you who are visiting. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for uh, the scriptures and we ask Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us through them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Father's Day to uh, any of you who are fathers. And uh, I, got, I got breakfast in bed this morning. It was kind of nice. I was, I was really surprised that it was good. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm totally kidding. It was, it was wonderful. It tastes really good. Um, ha have you ever had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, kind of like me just having breakfast in bed. Um, and sometimes you don't even know that it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity until you realize that that experience can no longer happen. It can no longer exist. I, I was uh, born in New York City, and um, one of the pictures that I was looking for, I remember this picture so vividly, but I couldn't find it, was um, of my parents taking a picture with the World Trade Center as a backdrop in 1973 when it first was erected. And, and so I remember them with their like bell bottoms and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of cool. Uh, my, my parents are here. They're going to be here for the second service. Um, but uh, you can make fun of them at that time. But um, that, that, was a, that was a picture that most tourists took when they visited New York City, right? That they took that with that Twin Towers as a backdrop. Most of them took that picture, and, and so um, whenever I find that photo, I'll share that with you. It's quite hilarious, but that's one of those moments that it's once in a lifetime, and you know, you go, and then it, it, you can't have it anymore. How about meeting a hero or someone uh, that you really look up to? Uh, one, of, one of the most influential people in my spiritual life is a guy by the name of Dallas Willard, and um, I corresponded with him uh, through email, and, and I never got the chance to shake his hand and thank him in person um, through, uh, th through my face. And I've read every single piece of literature. He's written books and um, 
I've listened to every single talk he's ever given through uh, cassette tapes. Yes, cassette tapes. Um, anything on the internet, I've, I've pulled it up. Uh, I, I've even attended every talk that he's given live within like a three-hour radius of me. Uh, but I, I never got the opportunity to thank him kind of face-to-face, and I, I really, really should have because God really used that man in my life, and I just can't do it anymore because he died several years ago. So I'll never have that opportunity. And the, the last time that I saw him live was in Menlo Park. Uh, I went down there to hear him speak December of 2012, and then he died in May of 2013. And he was right there. I could have done it. Like, I was right there. And that was my last chance to shake his hand and to thank him for the Christian formation that took place in my life through him. So here we have Bartimaeus, whose last chance to be healed by Jesus in person is right here in Mark chapter 10. This is his last chance because Jesus wasn't going to be going back to Jericho in the flesh. He was leaving Jericho to go up to Jerusalem, and he would be killed there on the cross. So so this is it. And this was Bartimaeus' last chance, last opportunity to be healed by Jesus um, in the flesh. This was his once-in-a-lifetime moment. Now, there are, there are some things you don't want to wait too long on, otherwise that opportunity may pass. You know, guys, it's a Father's Day, and when the time is appropriate for you to be a father, uh, after you've received premarital counseling from Pastor Steve or Grace, our family ministries director, I want you to look back on this date with fondness and remember that I encouraged you. Okay, so here's the encouragement. That girl that you want to ask out on a date, that you have these indescribable feelings for, ask her out. Don't wait, ask her out. Now again, I'm not saying to go out there and be a baby daddy or anything like that. You know, not doing that before you marry her, but I am saying that you better ask that girl out before some other dude bro does and you miss out, right? You, you got to go do that. And so these opportunities, they, they come and go. And some of them may be once in a lifetime, once of them, some of them are last chance opportunities. And this was Bartimaeus' last chance for Jesus to heal his blindness in person, and do you realize that this may be your last chance to encounter Jesus as a friend and not as a judge? Because none of us knows how long we have to live. And maybe you're thinking you can make a decision to accept Jesus' gift of a relationship with him and to follow him later, but there are no guarantees for that. So if you sense God calling you to himself, Don't wait. Don't wait. The worst place to be is when you did experience that that tug before and then to find you don't experience anything anymore. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. Today. So this was Bartimaeus' day. After that day, his opportunity would have passed. 
It's interesting that Mark revealed the name Bartimaeus to his readers because he, he doesn't do that in earlier healing miracles. It's not recorded for us. He, he recorded other people's names who were around the person being healed, but not the one who was directly being healed. And yet he mentioned Bartimaeus by name here as, as well as his father's name. And it's also the last healing miracle of Jesus in Mark's entire gospel. It's, it's this one. And it's not that Jesus didn't know the names of the others he healed or that he no longer wanted to heal. Or Jesus knows us by name. He knows you by name. And, and he knows what healing needs to take place in each one of us. He also knows that although Bartimaeus may be physically blind, that there are many others around Jesus who are spiritually blind. And when speaking of spiritual blindness here, I want to point out the, the spiritual blindness of his followers, of his disciples. Back up, back up a couple of chapters to chapter 8. We'll start in verse 16. And I just want to kind of show, show this. Verse 16. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes you do not see, and having ears you do not hear, and do you not remember? When I first, when, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? So they, were, they, were, they physically saw what happened, but they couldn't spiritually see what happened. And, and right after this comes a story of a blind man in Bethsaida in chapter 8, verse 22, picking that story up there. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and laid, led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And so we see that Jesus healed this blind man in two phases. In the first phase, Jesus spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, and, and the blind man said that he could see people, but they were like trees walking. And then the second phase, Jesus laid his hands on him again, and, and then he saw everything clearly. Now, we've talked about this before, so this will be a review for those of you who, who were here and for those of you who weren't. We talked about how this picture was one where the disciples uh, would see things spiritually. That the, the disciples, when they were first encountered with Jesus, there was this phase one where they were spiritually speaking. They saw things uh, kind of blurry at that time. And then this phase one would, wouldn't clear up until later where they will exper experience a spiritual clarity where they can see things more clearly and we can see that in the book of Acts. And so there's evidence of this continuing here in chapter 8. In, in verse 29, Peter recognized Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah. But what he saw was not completely clear to him because he rebuked Jesus for talking about suffering many things and being rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and that he was going to be killed after three days rise again. Then Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God but on the things of man. So he was spiritually blind. Things were really blurry for him. 
And so this happens several more times where the disciples can't spiritually see what's going on. It happened to Peter when he rebuked Jesus. It happened to Peter, James, and John at the Mount of Transfiguration in chapter 9. They saw Moses, Elijah, and Jesus physically talking with one another. But the best idea Peter can come up with is to build some tents for the three of them. That's his best idea. So spiritually, he could not see, even though physically he could see. It happened when they were on their way to Capernaum. Jesus mentioned a second time that he will be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. But what did they talk about on the road to Capernaum? Who was the greatest? That's what they talked about. Right? So spiritually blind. They can't see these things. You skip down to verse 38 in chapter 9. This time it's John who can't clearly see spiritually. He tried to stop this guy who was casting out demons in Jesus' name. And Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me, for the one who is not against us is for us. Then comes the story of the little children. These little children in chapter 10, verse 13, are coming around Jesus, and their caregivers are are attempting to have them touch Jesus, and the disciples rebuke them. Rebuke them for even trying to touch Jesus. Jesus was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God belongs to the vulnerable, the weak, the powerless. And it's not like our earthly kingdoms, which belong to the rich, belong to the powerful, belong to the strong. That the way up is actually down. Mark chapter 9, verse 35, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Jesus told them a third time what was going to happen to him. Chapter 10, verse 33, and what happens? Here it's John and James asking Jesus to be seated at the right hand and left hand of him in his glory. Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left hand, in your glory. And so Jesus had an important lesson in, John, in Mark chapter 10, verses 43 through 44. It says, But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. And so you'd think that they'd absorb all these lessons from all of their failures, especially after chapter 10, verse 45, where Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. They don't get it. And so this is where the story picks up with all that as a background leading up to this point. We're here, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And then they came to Jericho, which is much hotter than it is here right now, okay? So just, you know, it's Judean desert. It's extremely hot right about the sea level of the Dead Sea. It is very hot there. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Perhaps there were more people than the disciples rebuking Bartimaeus and and telling him to be silent. But I think the disciples were part of this group of many. It's pretty evident that these guys are spiritually blind, isn't it? They they still don't get it after all we've talked about from Mark chapter 8 up until this point. They're, They're still not seeing. 
<clears throat> Bartimaeus may be the most physically blind, but it seems that he has actually the greatest spiritual sight out of all of them. Everyone else seems to be preoccupied with going up to Jerusalem except this blind beggar who wanted to seize the opportunity of Jesus being there. Maybe this was his once-in-a-lifetime moment, his last chance to receive sight, but no one there is really concerned with that. People wanted to make their way to the Passover feast in Jerusalem. That's what they were focused on. Are, are we as a church preoccupied with something else which is actually hindering people from meeting Jesus? Are, are we looking only to associate with people who are not like Bartimaeus? You see, Bartimaeus was a, a blind beggar who sat by the roadside and, and people don't care to associate with him. I think if the rich young ruler was the one calling out for Jesus' attention, that the disciples would actually kind of escort him to the front. That they would have said, hey, Jesus, look at this guy. Um, he could probably put us in his chariot to go up to Jerusalem. Or, you know, we could, you know. Because we do read from the story of the rich young ruler that he had access to Jesus pretty easily. He runs up to Jesus and kneels right before him, right? It, he has pretty access, pretty easy access. So... Are, are we spiritually blind to those things, failing to recognize that the last are the first and the first are the last? And so you listen to what Bartimaeus called Jesus. He called him the son of David. There was some recognition from Bartimaeus that Jesus is the Christ. Maybe it was just this tactic that Bartimaeus had to get Jesus' attention, but even if it wasn't, it worked. But I do think that he meant it which is why Jesus responded to him the way that he did, that somewhere in Bartimaeus' story, he, he heard about Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus does, and he was by this roadside, and he probably heard everything that was newsworthy that was happening. Maybe he heard about Jesus teaching from Isaiah, uh, when he taught Isaiah at the synagogue in Nazareth. Maybe that teaching reached him, because uh, this is what it says. In Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Bartimaeus knew this was Jesus of Nazareth. Chapter 10, verse 47. He knew that that's who it was. He, he heard about him, and so he connected these dots to figure out Jesus is the son of David, and Jesus could have mercy on him. But even though it seemed that he had this spiritual sight and recognized these things, everyone else seemed blind to this, and they rebuked him, and they told him to be silent, that, and that couldn't stop him. He cried out all the more. It seems like Bartimaeus wasn't going to take any chances on whether he was going to encounter Jesus ever again. This was his chance. Now, what drove this urgency? Well, he knew he was blind. He knew he couldn't see. See, we, we won't have the urgency for Jesus to give us sight if we don't recognize how blind we are. And if only the others who were spiritually blind had the same urgency to receive spiritual sight as Bartimaeus was wanting to receive physical sight. We see that Bartimaeus wasn't indifferent about receiving his sight. 
He, he really wanted to see, and he, he doesn't care what the others are, are telling him. He wanted his sight, and no one was going to stop him from crying out to Jesus. Do we have this sense of urgency to receive that spiritual sight? And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. Picture this. It's, it's a be- really, really beautiful picture. Jesus stopped. Can you picture that? Isn't that so beautiful? Picture verse 46. Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples with a great crowd. And so imagine all the commotion of such a large body of people leaving this desert town. So just imagine all the dust being kicked up and all the noise and how dry it was and people itching their eyes. And and there Bartimaeus was shouting. He was shouting, and he he probably doesn't even know where Jesus is in the crowd. He's just shouting every which direction, knowing that he's here somewhere, and he's just crying out there, hoping that he'll be heard by Jesus, even though there are so many rebuking him and telling him to be quiet. And, And in all of this busyness, Jesus stopped. He stopped. See, Jesus stops for you. He stops. He stops for us when we are crying out to him. He stopped for Bartimaeus, even though this is not a scheduled thing, even though everyone's gathering to to make their procession up to Jerusalem. And this must have put everything at a halt when Jesus stopped because they're kind of rallying around him. And so everyone stops. Now you notice what happened next. Jesus told them to call him. Jesus could have easily called Bartimaeus over himself, couldn't he? But he told the others to call him. Now this seems like a lesson Jesus was teaching them to to, to get it into their heads to, you know, in order for you to call him, you have to stop rebuking him. You have to stop telling him to be quiet. That it shall not be so among you. Stop doing those things. That that whoever would be great must be a servant. And whoever would be first must be slave of all. That the kingdom of God belongs to someone like Bartimaeus. So call him. There's this tendency for some Christians to rebuke others and to tell them to be quiet. How about we follow Jesus and we call them? We call them. Call them to Jesus, and Jesus will stop for them. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and began, and, and he sprang up and came to Jesus. It's, it's quite the change from when we were first introduced to Bartimaeus. When we first met Bartimaeus in verse 46, he was covered with a cloak, sitting by the roadside, begging for alms. And even when crying out to Jesus, he was, he was still covered with this cloak and sitting down. It wasn't until Jesus told others to call him that he threw his cloak off. He sprang up and he went to Jesus. Verse 51, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus knows the cries of our hearts. Right? He, he's calling us to himself. And, and here's something really fascinating that Jesus asked. I don't know if any of you see, have, have kind of sat with this before. Jesus asking you, what do you want me to do for you? See, so often we're like, 
wanting it like God, what what do you want from us? Or let me serve you, let me when when he's really interested in what he can do for you. He really wants to hear what's going on in your life and what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And he's really asking, what, what do you want? You see, Jesus is interested in the things that you want. He asked Bartimaeus what he wanted. So what, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Have you ever talked to him about this? What, what, what you want God to do for you? But there does seem to be a difference between what James and John wanted with their desire to sit on the right hand and the left hand of God compared to what Bartimaeus wanted. Now, what's the difference? Maybe it goes back to chapter 10, verse 31, where Jesus said, but many who are first will be last and the last first. Because this is who the kingdom of God is for. And here is... Here it is at work, when, when the last become first, where, where the blind beggar on the roadside becomes first. James and John didn't understand this kind of kingdom economy. They don't understand this is how it works. They were definitely closer to the front than this guy was, and they were clearly not understanding that to be great, you have to be a servant. To be first, one must be slave of all, just like Jesus who came not to, serve, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Bartimaeus saw this in Jesus. He saw the mercy of Jesus, even though he didn't have his physical sight. Others who had their physical sight seemed to be missing out on this. And Jesus gave Bartimaeus the opportunity to ask for what he spiritually sees. He, he saw the mercy of God. He, he saw that he was more than just this blind roadside beggar. That the least in the earthly economy. And that he was going to be first in the kingdom of God. The evidence that he is the first in the kingdom of heaven is that Jesus stopped for him. You know that you're valued by someone when they stop for you. Right? When a spouse puts their career on hold so that they could invest into family, when a parent puts their education on hold to care for a sick child or a sick parent, when we stop at a crosswalk so that people can cross the street safely, stopping for someone shows that you have mercy for them, that you value them. And in Jesus' stop, he showed mercy to Bartimaeus. But he also showed everyone else who was following him that he came not to be served, but to serve. He came to give his life as a ransom for many, to show his followers that Bartimaeus, the, that, that this blind beggar by the roadside, is the first in the kingdom of God. That we have opportunities to be great by being servants. That by calling people to Jesus is, is a much better way to introduce them to Jesus rather than to rebuke them and tell them to be quiet. Verse 52, And Jesus said to them, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Bartimaeus' faith wasn't the key to his healing. His, his faith was the means by which he received healing from Jesus. But what happened to Bartimaeus isn't, this, that the, the, isn't, isn't actually the good news of the gospel. 
See, we're all spiritually blind, and, and Jesus gave us our sight. All who are spiritually blind, Jesus wants to help see. And so how do we receive his sight? We, we cry out for mercy. We cry out to Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, it reads, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Today, Jesus still extends mercy calling out to each one of us. And you're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. He hears the cries of your heart. He deeply loves and cares for you. So much so that he has, he has stopped for you to hear a message from him. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? If it's his mercy you're in need of, it, it, it's available for you today. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have we, have we realized we are, we are blind? We are spiritually blind without Jesus. And some might be too proud to recognize this. Many Christians are too proud to recognize this, that they spend more of their time arguing about theology or busying themselves telling people to be quiet and rebuking other people rather than calling them to Jesus. Some Christians are blinded by their works and they fail to realize that it's all God's grace. Some are blinded by cherry-picking what they want to believe about the Bible and, and then fooling themselves that they are living honorably to Jesus when it's in contradiction to the Bible. We I mean, thank God Jesus went up to Jerusalem to pay that ransom for many, to set us free from bondage, to set us free from blindness. Nobody here knows when that last opportunity is because none of us knows how long we're going to live. But I do know that Jesus has stopped for you today. Today he has. Will you go to him as he calls you, as he invites you? Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Let's pray. Lord, I do want to lift up anyone who is suffering from a spiritual blindness and maybe, God, they haven't even been touched the first time, that it's just a complete blindness. And maybe it's like the disciples where uh, things are really blurry and things are just not clear. And so, Lord, we're asking for uh, spiritual clarity. And God, knowing that you've stopped for each one of us and you're asking each one of us what you want us to do or, or what you want to do for us. May we just be really vulnerable and honest and transparent about those things. I mean, you know anyway, but you're giving us an opportunity to invite you into our life and, and the things we're thinking about and the things we're feeling. So God, would you speak to each one of your children that they would soften their hearts enough to receive you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.